I'm Ron Alesco, and you're listening to Traditions on WFDU-FM, and I am so happy to, to have this gentleman back in our studio. It's been way too long, uh, but recently he, he put out a CD called Keep the Flame Alive, Pete, Woody, and Me, Volume 1. This gentleman has uh, he's been walking the walk and talking the talk. He's an artist uh, that has sung about a lot of great and important issues, and uh, I think he's just a phenomenal person, and I'm so happy to have him here in our studio. Spook Andy. Hey, Ron, it's great to be here back on your show. Oh, it's so, so, yeah. so good to have you, man. I mean, you, you, uh, you know, you've been doing some wonderful things, I mean, ever since I first met you. I think when you, uh, the first time I met you was when you wrote that song, Vote, that uh, you recorded with Pete Seeger. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, since then, you've been uh, doing some phenomenal things. And now this new CD is out. Which um, I, you know, it's arguably one of your your, your best CDs. I, I just did an amazing job. Thank you. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun producing that. I I played with some wonderful musicians. I, I grabbed uh, some folks like Paul Prestepino, who played backup with Peter Paul and Mary for right. fifteen years, and um, Ron Greenstein, the bass player for the Chad Mitchell Trio. Then I got some people with some bluegrass uh, influence, Bob Harris and and Gary Oliar, who toured with Vassar Clemens for fifteen years. Nice. So, yeah, a lot of fun. With nice guys. company. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to hear some cuts from it this afternoon, but you've got your guitar in hand, and uh, I'm not going to pass this opportunity up. Would you start us off with a song? Sure. This is a, this is a, a good one to fit the theme of Pete, Woody, and Me, because uh, it's a song that Woody Guthrie learned from a fellow named Gerbil Reeves, who, who copyrighted the song 1927. He sang it and taught it to Pete Seeger, and... Pete Seeger taught it to so many hundreds, hundreds of other musicians, including me. It became one of my favorites. It's the Hobo's Lullaby. Go to sleep, you weary hobo. Let the towns drift slowly by Can't you hear that steel rail humming That's the hobo's lullaby Do not worry about tomorrow Let tomorrow Come and go Tonight you're in a nice warm boxcar Safe from all that wind and snow So go to sleep you weary hobo Let the towns drift slowly by Can't you hear that steel rail humming? That's the hobo's lullaby. I see your clothes are torn and ragged. And your hair is long and gray. But lift your face smile at trouble you'll find peace and rest someday Cause you trouble They cause trouble Everywhere But when you die And go to heaven You'll see no policemen there So 
Go to sleep, you weary hobo. Let the towns drift slowly by. Can't you hear that steel rail humming? That's the hobo's lullaby. Can't you hear that steel rail humming? That's the hobo's lullaby. done oh i love that song i love the way you did it too it's a wonderful song it's 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 a lullaby yeah you know know, i i think i first heard that i probably was in high school when arlo guthrie first recorded that Uh, and that was kind of my introduction actually to woody and all that through arlo and all that um what what was it for you what 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 brought you into this folk music world of of pete and woody and all these great people you know on the one hand it was a big huge accident for me to become a folk musician. Uh-huh. Um, my mom made, made a couple of mistakes. She, she, um, she was afraid of the 1960s because of all the, the political and social turmoil mm-hmm. going on, but she, was, but she tried to be in touch with the time. So she bought two contemporary albums. She bought the Beatles' Hard Day's Night, <laughs> and she bought Peter, Paul, and Mary in concert. Uh-huh. And little did she know, the influence that that one album had that, you know, she, she was afraid of the Beatles because yeah. of the Jesus thing with, you know, <laughs> with John, but she kept the Peter, Paul and Mary album. Uh-huh. And little did she know that, that, um, you know, shaped a lot of my values as a, as a young kid. In fact, when we, um, when I, on the day of my first Holy communion, we had a big party back in my house and we had, my mom invited the neighbors and the cousins and the aunts and the uncles and all that stuff. And I came back from church. I had my white suit on. I had a crew cut. I was, beaming with light and love in my heart. I was pure, you know? And, right, and right. so because it was a festive activity, my mom said, well, let's put on some, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary. So that song comes on, If I Had a Hammer, and I run down to the, to the tool shed in the basement, and I get the hammer, <laughs> and I come running upstairs and start hitting the furniture, and my mom took me by the ear back to church to confession, and, and she learned right there and then that rock and roll can be a dangerous thing for <laughs> young minds <laughs> a lesson learned oh. yes well then what happens is so then i go to college and after all that stuff and and you know i'm groomed to be an actuary because i was good at mathematics uh-huh. and i just couldn't do it i was i was standing in front of the mirror on the on the day of my o- orientation to start my my new job at mutual benefit life insurance company in newark new jersey on the 11th floor of a building where you couldn't open the windows mm. and there were no single women on my floor <laughs> And I couldn't tie my tie, and I was trying to figure this out. I was a math major. How come I can't tie my tie? It's simple <laughs> geometry. Right. And I, I kind of realized that, that I didn't want to tie my tie. Yeah. And I realized that tying it was tying a leash around my, my spirit. So I, I threw the tie away, uh, gave my suit away, and bought a guitar. And so what did I start playing? Songs from the Beatles' Hard Day's Night and, and songs from Peter, Paul, and Mary in concert. Wow. Yep. You made the right choice, I'm telling you. Yeah, and, and, and the people, you know, and so I started playing the, the, you know, some small folk venues, and people loved the Peter, Paul, and Mary stuff. So that's how I kind of accidentally fell into that line of music. Well, the world has enough actuaries. I mean, we need it more does. people like you. <laughs> it does. Actuarial science is a growing field. Folk music is a dying field. I'll argue that. but uh, <laughs> No, it's not dying. And that's why, that's why we're here, to, right. to keep the flame alive. And yeah, that's what your whole album is about. I mean, you, you're, you're honoring the spirit of Pete and Woody, and you're, you're making it your own. I mean, there's something you, you said in the, in, the, um, in the press release which really impressed me about Pete's advice to young musicians uh, about learning the old songs and then contemporizing them. I that's what you do. Yeah, and it w- that was amazing because I did not know that until I met Pete. Now, actually, and this may be a surprise for a lot of people, but I didn't know who Pete was until I met him really? in 2003. He'd heard my song, Vote. He um, you know, wrote me a couple of postcards and then invited me up to a festival. And when I got to the festival, not knowing much about him or, or who he was or what he even looked like, I asked someone to point him out to me. I walked up and I extended my hand to him. I said, hi, I'm Spook Handy. I expected him to shake my hand. And instead, he 
he put his hands in his pockets and he stooped down about two inches to my level and looked me in the eyes and I still remember those bright eyes and they were not just looking at me they were looking into me as if he was searching for something and then he asked me he said do you know what founder's disease is founder's disease mm-hmm. now I did know what it was but I said you you tell me Pete he said founder's disease is when the same people who founded an organization 30 years ago are still running it today mm-hmm. and then he turned and walked away and that was the entirety of our first conversation wow yeah but but I knew that that meant something really important. Yeah. And I eventually came to learn over the years what he was, what, you know, Pete has been recognized for a long time as a planter of seeds. And you never know which seeds are going to grow. And he was kind of like telling me that you're, I invited you here because you're one of the hundreds of, of younger musicians that who knows, maybe you'll pick up on this tradition, tradition and help carry it on to the future generations. Right. You know, when Pete passed, I, I remember hearing people always saying, well, who's going to be the next Pete Seeger? Who's going to follow in his footsteps? And, and my answer is always, well, it's everybody. It's like, it's those seeds that you're, you're talking about. Right. You know, everybody's got to do their own thing, their own way, but working towards the community. I think that's what he, his message was, at least what I was picking up. Yeah, that's a big part of it. You know, so as far as who's the next Pete Seeger, it's nobody and it's everybody. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing your part. You're doing your part to keep the flame alive, and uh, that's a title song from your your CD. I'd li- like to play this now, and we'll we'll continue chatting about it. Um, you want to introduce this one? Keep the flame alive. Yeah, sure. This is a song that that Pete co-wrote with a fellow named Lori Wyatt, and some some folks listening to the show today might recognize uh, that name because Lori wrote Somos El Barco, mm-hmm. and um, in 2012 he and Pete did a whole entire CD of songs that they had co-written together so when i heard this song it was not one of the first songs that struck me but then when i listened to it after a couple times it's got that message in there to keep the flame alive to to pass on the tradition from generation to generation and uh, you know that that's exactly what the idea of the cd is so it's the perfect candidate to be the title track When the pulley winds of winter are blowing all around Some will stand and shiver, some will flee the town It's wise to get prepared now, if we are to survive Chop the wood, build a fire, and keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive flame alive together we will tend the fire and keep the flame alive with a sledge hammer and a wedge a splitting axe and maul we'll have all the logs we need cut and stacked by fall But careful, choose the wood to use Before you swing a stroke The elm you skip, it's a double to split Use maple, ash and oak Keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Together we will tend the fire And keep the flame alive Season. 
should the wood run low Buried in the ashes Coals are still the glow But if we tend the embers The fire will revive Keep the coals tossing sticks And keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Together we will tend the fire And keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Keep the flame alive Together we will tend the fire Keep the flame alive, keep the flame alive. Keep the flame alive, Spook Andy. That's a title cut from his new CD, and Spook is with us on this Sunday afternoon. A uh, brilliant job on this on this recording, and you know I, I've I've heard Pete's singing the song, and you know yours is obviously making it your your own, but yet still honoring that uh, that past from from Pete. Yeah, well, that this was one of the this was one of the fun ones um, as far as production goes because I think out of all twelve songs on the record, this strays the most from the original sound mm-hmm. that that Pete recorded. You know, where a song like let's say. Uh, you know, Hobo's Lullaby isn't that very different than than versions that, that Pete or Woody recorded. Right. So I, I try to span the spectrum of old songs and new songs, of cover songs, originals, um, and and songs that are close to the the popular, well-known style and songs that are, you know, mm-hmm. recorded in a different way. Now, you mentioned you met Pete in 2003 when you, yeah. when you did the song Vote. Your music before that, was it still part of the folk tradition? I mean, you mentioned Peter, Paul, and Mary and all that, but were you, uh, I mean, did, I guess what I'm going to ask is that, you know, when you met Pete, did it change your style of music? Did it change the way you, you made music? It's almost like, let's say, uh, you know, you're, you're playing on a football team and they move you from one position to the other. So I was, what, and what is folk music? So in the yeah. 1990s, I was kind of like focusing on the singer-songwriter type thing and introspection right you know and like you know witty lyrics and stuff like that and you know the thing about my song my song vote is it's it's kind of a song that touches a little more on the social conscience consciousness and the and uh it's got a little bit of a overriding spiritual edge to it because it kind of it says you know in our own way we we create our own reality but in an in another way we all live here among society and so we have to participate in it mm-hmm. and i think that's the message that caught pete and then i learned all those songs and it changed my songwriting too mm-hmm. well, that's that's wonderful it reminds me i've got to make a note to myself i gotta start playing vote more and especially this this yes year. you do yeah yeah it's, it's really important. important everyone needs to get out and vote yeah well wait, wait, knowing pete um i mean a lot of people have um had the chance to meet i met i met him i interviewed him a few times but you were out there working with him and, and learning from him Talk a little bit about Pete. Tell us about that experience and how it was to, you know, to, to get some of this handed down to you in, 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 in probably not the typical fashion. Absolutely not the typical fashion. So, you know, I, I heard of Pete Seeger back in 1986 or something like that. And I, I, I even went and saw him play once at the Clearwater Festival. And, and I was not impressed. And I was like, who's this old man who, who wrote huh. hits a long time ago? And interestingly enough, I say I'm not impressed, but I remember the story he told before before a song, and that's 30 years ago. Wow! You know, yeah. seeing him once, um, be- and I wasn't impressed because I was still, you know, fresh out of college and and still interested in chasing women and finding who who I really am, and all that stuff was about me and my life and all that stuff, not about building community. So when I actually hooked up with him in 2003, he wasn't this special important icon to, that he was to so many millions of other people he was just a, a he was just the particular random famous musician that happened to invite me to play with him mm-hmm. but then i got to know him in a personal way and I, I most of what i learned from him i learned either in rehearsal performing or extensive conversations we had on the telephone 
I never went sailing with him. I never chopped wood with him. I have helped him build fire. So that was, <laughs> that was fun, you know, and, and been to potlucks and stuff like that. And what I became to realize was that he was a, a man who lived the principles that he espoused in his music. And I learned that, that, you know, folk music is, and Pete Seeger especially was, is a lot more than about activism. Like people consider Pete an activist. And it's like, I guess he was, but that wasn't his primary right. attribute. He was an activist because he was a man who followed his heart. He was an activist because he had to do what he believed was, was the right thing to do. And sometimes that would get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. But folk music was about celebrating our history and our culture, our values. Um, and, and yes, this, it bringing to light some of the social issues we have. And how do you solve those? You solve them by living the values that you believe right smack in your own small community. Mm-hmm. And that's what Pete did. And he did it in such a profound way that it became a global thing. Yeah. That, 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 I remember the story they would tell about the, um, oh, I forget exactly, I'm, I'm not going to do it, it was well he did, but the, 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 about the two bags of sand and people with the spoons. Do you remember that story? No, I don't. He would often say that they would, they, they, um, they would have a, a, a seesaw and they would have one bag of sand and everybody would be taking teaspoons and fill, putting into it. And eventually, after many, many years of carrying it, the seesaw would, would, would change and, the, and one side would go up, the other side would go down. And people would say, wow, how did this happen so quickly? And he said, yeah. it's, it's just a lot of people, a lot of spoons. And, yeah, and, and a lot of time. Right. And, and, you, and you, time. See the change, you see the change happen suddenly, but, but the, the things that build up to that change have been going on for years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you're, you're carrying on this flame, as you say, in, in the album, uh, on the, in, in the title of the CD. And what, what are you doing on your own, aside from making music? What, what is it that you feel that you're offering to help build this community? Well, that is a question that I struggle with all the time. Um, like, I've thought, well, should I try to clean up the Raritan River? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not my thing. Right. You know, um, you know, it. I think that one of the things I learned from Pete from the stage, but, but then applies in, in, in personal life, is the art of listening. It's really amazing. You know, one of the reasons why Pete got everybody to sing along was because he listened to them. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to play a song and find out that you, you think you're leading the song and you're not. And the less that you lead it, the more other people participate. And so when they're singing, you get quieter. If they, if everyone's all excited and they're speeding it up, you play faster. If they're playing, singing it slower, you slow down. You follow and you listen. Interesting. Yes, and so and then I would see Pete after a concert, sit at a picnic table with someone he's never met before, and and talk with them. And and Pete had lots of stories to tell, but he would listen a lot to the individual. So what I feel that I get to contribute is that um, I I do the concerts and I listen to the people while I'm playing. I listen to the people after I play. I get invited to dinner all the time. And I listen to their stories. And I, I have, um, I listen for the gems of wisdom that, that these people are, are telling that sometimes they don't recognize as wisdom. And, and I say, so you're saying so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're like, yeah, wow. Yeah, you're right. I am. So that's, you know, that's really brilliant. Uh-huh. So, so for me, it's, it's you know, there, there I haven't found the outward cause, the political cause or the social cause. It's, it's more of a heart-to-heart kind of connection with people. That's what we need. It's, it's got, got to start one-on-one. Well, that's the thing because, you know, I, I'm a very political person, personally. I, keep, I try to keep my politics to myself, um, although I think everybody knows where I stand. But I think what we really need in this country more than anything else is that heart-to-heart connection. Absolutely. And there will be, there will be t- if there was a time where we had, everybody had that, and there was a time when, when everybody was, con- was understood that government's not perfect. Then we can start talking, you know, bellyaching about stuff. But right now, there's so much bellyaching, people don't see the good things that are going on. That's right. I, I think that's why folk music is needed these days. I think we need to sing together in order to understand each other. I think that, that's a common connection. Absolutely. I think the flame that we're looking to keep alive is, is the tradition of using folk music and folk songs as a tool to build and nurture communities. Absolutely. 
Well, why don't we nurture a little community right now? How about another song? Okay. Let's see. What else is on the album? What should I play? Spook Andy's with us for those <laughs> of you just tuning in. Uh, his new CD is called Keep the Flame Alive, and uh, he is certainly doing that today and uh, every day of his life. Um, this song came about... Um, there are two reasons this song came about, but it came about from a conversation I had with Pete where he said that, that, um, well, what, what actually what happened was he, I heard a song of his once. Now, some songs of his I've heard, I would play exactly the way he wrote them. Some songs I would change a little. Sometimes I would say, I can't play that song. I'd write a new song. This is a song I heard once about a star. I think it might've been a Christmas song. And it was a star somewhere out there, somewhere in the sky. And somehow it was supposed to be guiding us somewhere. And after Hurricane Sandy and a few other things went on, I, uh, this song came to me. It's called Lead Us Home to the Promised Land. Moses was guided by a pillar of light. He brought two stones to the Israelites. He said God wasn't happy with the sin and he saw, but he said, if we follow these ten good laws, they will lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land God wasn't happy with the sin and he saw But he said, if we follow these ten good laws They will lead us home to the promised land Three kings chasing down a star so bright Came upon a baby in a manger one night He said, keep those commandments you've been singing of But do everything that you do with love And it will lead us home to the promised land Lead us home to the promised land Lead us home Lead us home to the promised land Keep those commandments you've been singing of But do everything that you do with love And it will lead us home to the promised land People rushing around trying to find that star But a small still voice says we don't have to look that far It tells us heaven's not found on a map or a chart But if we follow the light that shines in our hearts It will lead us home to the promised land Lead us home to the promised land Lead us home Lead us home to the promised land Lead us home Heaven's not found on a map or a chart But if we follow the light that shines in our hearts It will lead us home to the promised land Lead us home to the promised land Lead us home to the promised land. Lead us home to the promised land. Oh, that's a great song. Important song. 
Lead Us Home to the Promised Land. Spook Candy live in our studios today. That's also uh, on Spook's new album, Keep the Flame Alive. Um, you know, you, 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 you work with, with Pete, uh, but you also include Woody on this one. I guess it goes kind of hand in hand, Pete and Woody. Uh, what, what was the Woody Guthrie influence on you, and how did that evolve? Woody was, now, Woody was, really, I thought he, he just wrote kid songs. I mean, I got to tell you, really? I came from, I came, I had an IQ of zero when, <laughs> when I got into music. How this happened that I became a full-time musician is beyond anybody's explanation. I thought, even with Pete, I thought, kid songs, because Peter, Paul, and Mary in concert, if I had a hammer, you know, hey, you get to play with a hammer and a bell and you have brothers and sisters and love and this right, kid right. stuff, you know, <laughs> where have all the flowers gone? Kid song, you know, and, and what do you got through Kid songs, you know, this land is your land. We sang it in kindergarten. And, and um, I think the first time I noticed something really amazing about Woody was when Pete sang This Land is Your Land and told a background story to it. And there's a bunch of different background stories that Pete would tell. And each one of them was, was very fascinating. You know, one of them was uh, the idea that there was a song on, on the hit parade at the time, Happy Days Are Here Again. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Woody was like, well, that's not telling the full story. And so Woody set out to tell the full story. And he, he wrote three verses that are about the landscape and, the, and, you know, the beauty of this country. But then he wrote three more verses that were about the, the things we can improve on. You know, the, the verse that most people don't, don't hear very often, but is becoming more popular yeah. about, you know, the high wall and no trespassing. And there's the verse about the, the folks... Um, down at the relief office, you know, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a song that uh, unfortunately still rings true, and, and with all those verses, you know. Well, that's an, that's one of the other th- amazing things about Woody. His songs are songs that were written seventy, eighty years ago, and they're just as true today as as they were when he wrote them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting when you were saying about Woody and you, your feeling of him as being, you know, kid songs, which, you know, it was true. I, I was went to school too. And I remember singing, put your finger in the air, not knowing that was a Woody Guthrie song, right. you know, but um, I, I think there's still a lot of people that have that impression about folk music in general, about Pete and Woody, that they were writing songs for kids because of the simplicity of the lyrics or such. Do you find that when you're performing for audiences in a contemporary setting, are you feeling your singing to the choir are you reaching um younger audience that may not know what folk music is well you asked two questions yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think i did so do i feel like i'm singing to the choir no do i feel that i'm, I'm reaching the audience yes and and what i'm doing is you know there's a a, a a small portion of my concert is nostalgic i mean a large portion of it's it's a nostalgic concert but there's much more to it than that. It's also um, reaffirming people that the values that they grew up believing in are, are still here. We might not be living them that well, but it goes even further to, to point out the importance of these values that are written into these songs. So when, when I do a 90, I, you know, when I was playing in bars, you would do a 60-minute set. How many songs do you do? Well, take 60 divided by three, and you would do 20 songs. Okay, now I take 60, I divide it by six and subtract one. I can do nine songs in a 60-minute set because <laughs> right. I'm telling stories. And, and, and so I feel that this, you get to tell the stories and you give the background to the song and you relate it to the issues that are going on today. And, and it, makes people, it gives people the feeling that um, these values that got this human race to exist this, this far are still here and they can bring us forward in at least another 50 years mm-hmm. you, you said you don't feel like you're preaching to the choir do you get the opposite where you feel like you're making audiences angry that they're hearing things they don't want to hear i mean I, I i'm doing this radio show for so many years i occasionally get calls in fact i remember a few years ago somebody called me up and said why are you playing that commie pete seeger oh. <laughs> you know and here uh, this is 2000 whatever it was at the time and people still thinking like that when you're out in the audience singing songs sometimes of, of social issues, do you get any, any pushback? Yes. And um, I always, first of all, that's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. I had a show. You know, one of the other things that I learned, I, I knew this myself, but got reaffirmed 
from Pete is you, I make a set list all the time. But if I feel moved to to do a different song, if I feel something in my heart to, that moves me to do something different, I have to obey that or else the whole show falls apart. And so I've had shows where I've been in very conservative places, even down south, and suddenly it just came up. The next show to sing is We Shall Overcome. The next song is We Shall Overcome. And I'm singing that, and then I go in, in, into um, marriage equality issues with mm-hmm. We Shall Overcome. And I had one show I was doing in, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There were, it was a 220-seat room, and there were 228 people there. And there were eight people standing standing up and I went and I did my verse about you know gays and straights together and eight people left hmm. and and I, I just said this is one a wonderful thing because now there's seats for everybody <laughs> there you go and this, and this is going to happen and, and, the, and yeah. one or two of those eight people called the management and made a complaint and I said something in my newsletter and about 20 people called the management and said you got to have this guy back yeah that's, that's, that's true but, but the idea is so so sometimes what you're saying is going to upset people, the, but that's not the goal. And for, right. some, for some artists, they think that is the goal. Mm-hmm. They think if you're not ruffling feathers, you're not telling the truth. And I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's certainly not the goal to yeah. ruffle feathers. It's like you said before, it's you know, speaking from your heart, speaking from what, what yes. you feel. And uh, if you could do it honestly. If... And you have to do it with humility too, right. because cause I know that I, I don't have any monopoly on truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just the guy that has the microphone, <laughs> so I get to say what I want to say. Right. But that's the, uh, you know, that's a very awesome responsibility because, I'm, you know, pe- people call me an entertainer. I don't really particularly like to think of myself as an entertainer. I like to think of myself as as somebody who's who's helping to facilitate a a, a community experience. Mm-hmm. You know, but that requires, you know, treading, um you know, carefully. Sure. Sure. And, and, and finally I'll say this too. Like one of the things I loved about Pete was that there, there are subtle and not so subtle ways of, you don't change people's minds. You offer them an opportunity to reexamine an, an idea in it from a different perspective. That's mm-hmm. what you do. And you could do it blatantly or you could do it subtly. You know, I, I don't think in all the times I saw Pete, I don't recall them ever preaching his point of view to the audience. No. You know, that wasn't what he did. He did the songs, he offered them. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people learn from it. I know I did. <laughs> yeah. Now but. that's not to say that there's not a, a point in a concert where you can do a song like waist deep in the big muddy, right. which people, right. Pete, you know, readily admitted was a, a he said an editorialized song, you mm-hmm. know, cause it was his opinion. There's, there's a space for that too. Sure. But if your whole concert is that, then it's, yeah. you, you're just, it's all about your own ego then, I guess. Exactly. Well, I'd like to play another cut from your CD. In fact, let's do the first one, um, Banks of Marble. Yeah. Tell us about this one. Well, that, that song is, um, so one of the things that Pete said was learn the old songs and the way they were sung by different groups of people and write new words to keep them up to date, write new verses about the world we live in today. And so here's a song that was written in the 1940s. Uh, it, the three original verses are about the farmer, the miner, and the seaman, three pillars of the labor force in America at that time. Well, I decided to write two new verses, one about the, the bright-eyed student and one about the retail worker. Well, I traveled around this country from shore to shiny shore and it really Made me wonder the things I heard and saw. I saw the family farmer just a plow inside and loan. And I heard the auction hammer just a knocking down his home. But the banks are made of marble with the guard. Vaults are stuffed with silver that the farmer sweated for. And I saw the bright-eyed student study deep into the night. 
And I heard the bankers whisper Now you owe me half your life But the banks are made of marble With a guard at every door And the vaults are stuffed with silver That the students sweated for I saw the retail worker standing all day on her feet and I heard the check they pay her does not buy enough to eat but the banks are made of marble with the guard at every door and the vaults are stuffed with silver that the sweated for Yes, I seen us people working throughout this mighty land And I prayed we'd get together and together take a stand that we might own those banks of marble with the guard at every door and we'll share those vaults of silver that the people sweated for yes we'll own those banks of marble of marble at spook handy and choir Who, who's in the choir well uh, most of the folk in fact all the folks who are singing harmony there are members of the american federation of musicians local 1000 the traveling musicians union so we have uh, we have joe jenks and pat wichter and greg greenway who make up the trio brother son freebo's on there and um i don't think david amram actually sang on this song or sang at all but he he, he was on the album what we did was we got a, a room at the Folk Alliance Conference in Kansas City mm-hmm. and, and brought people up. Most, and on this song, they were all union people. Nice. Yeah. Austin Nash, Tret Fury, Deb Cowan, uh, Daniel Bowling. A lot of fun people. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And again, keeping the flame alive. You, you, all these wonderful people you mentioned are uh, you know, not only supporters of the union, but you know, doing similar things to what you're doing. They're, they're, they're carrying messages across and, you know, Carrying on in the footsteps and, and doing their own thing, the, 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 like from, from what from what Pete, those seeds that Pete planted. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, someone should do a compilation of songs that were written about Pete. Because, yeah. uh, you know, Reggie Harris has a great song, and and do you know Daniel Bowling? Sure. Yeah. yeah, and he has a great song. I think it's called "Lead Belly Woody and Pete." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost played that today too. I played another yeah. cut from Daniel. It's a great the, one. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, there's, there's dozens of them. Well, you know, with people like you, this music is definitely going to continue on for, for many years to come. And um, you're about to embark on a, on a tour. Your, your, your eventual goal is to get all 50 states and, and Canada as well, right? Yeah, I'm doing the Remembering Pete Seeger World Tour. And, and this leg of it is, is the Remembering Pete Seeger World Tour and album release uh, tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, uh, the goal is to hit all 50 U.S. states, all 10 Canadian provinces, several other countries and all 21 new jersey counties all right that's yeah. right we keep forgetting you're you're new jersey guy I'm aren't a new jersey you? guy all right yeah carrying carrying that and maybe i should add to that all all uh 13 folk radio shows <laughs> <laughs> there we go well we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back more with spook candy uh, again the the cd is called keep the flame alive and uh, we'll be back with more right after this you're listening to the essential WFDUFM HD1 Teaneck, the New York metro area's premier public music station at 89.1 megahertz and worldwide at WFDU.FM. 89.1. 
And we're back on Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco. Spook Candy is my guest. Uh, normally, we, we play the uh, Traditions uh, concert calendar. We're going to play that a little bit later on the program because we, uh, we still have some more to talk to Spook about. Um, a brilliant CD, Keep the Flame Alive. And uh, you're also going to be appearing in New Jersey uh, on August 31st, Montclair Library. Yeah, that's a neat thing that's going on. So um, there were a series of tribute concerts for Pete in 2014. Uh, five of them were, were put together by his daughter and grandson called Seegerfest. Mm-hmm. One of them took place at Lincoln Center in Manhattan. Lincoln Center recorded the show. And they have, they, they have a series of not just that concert, but three or four other concerts that they are um, traveling around the New York metropolitan area showing to the public. So on August 31st, they're going to show the, the Pete Seeger tribute concert at the Montclair Public Library. It's supposed to be an outdoor event if the weather cooperates. And I will be there to present a 30-minute concert beforehand and, and hopefully get everybody singing, tell a couple stories, and, and you know get the place all riled up before the concert. Excellent. Well, that sounds like fun. And you know, your, people can check your website as well, spookhandy.com, for all your upcoming concerts and such. Uh, you are a busy man. And you also do lecturing as well at colleges and such? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've... Uh, I've had the honor of, of, of going into classroom in, in anywhere from Salt Lake City to uh, right here in New Jersey, Rutgers University, and all different kinds of classes, too. History classes, English classes, and talking about the power of song. Um, we've, we've worked on projects where, where kids helped write a song. Um, and it's really interesting. I'm trying to think, what was it the Banks of Marble? I forget. We, we broke the class up and we wrote new verses. and I learned stuff. Because they wrote about um, GMOs and Monsanto, mm-hmm. and I I learned, you know, there's more than just one simple issue to that. Sure, you know, there's there's multiple sides to the story, and you know, a, a, one of the amazing experiences I had was that, you know, when I was young, folk music was was around a lot, and I wasn't very much exposed to it, but I still heard the song "Michael Rowed the Boat Ashore." I don't know that anybody who grew up in the 50s, 60s, or 70s could escape that song. <laughs> That's it, true. It turns out to be a wonderful song, but it was everywhere. Now, you never hear that song anymore. And I was uh, actually performed at a fraternity, and I played that song. And as, uh, I, should, I should clarify that. I was at the Folk Alliance Conference in Kansas City, and there was a fraternity there that was running a showcase. And they invited me to come in and do a set. I played that song, and they, everybody got on their cell phones and called all of their friends and packed the room and sang it again. They had never heard the song before. That's and amazing. they were all singing. It's a very, very simple song, and it's very authentic, and it's about something that, that's so, you know, so um, simple. Nobody really knows what the song's about, right. but it touches you in a certain way. And younger people don't always have that experience that we had when we were young. So I've been in a classroom, and we've, we've sang We Shall Overcome, and I had all the kids standing up locking arms together and singing and, and people thought it was one of the greatest experiences. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have more of that going on? Well, you're doing your best to, do, to, to get that yeah. to happening. Yeah. Uh, Spook's with us today and Spook, I see you have your, your banjo with you. Uh, I do. I wonder if you might be able to, to pick a little something for us. Yes. One time Pete and I were, were uh, rehearsing a song called Quite Early Morning. Or we were, it was a week before, and we were talking on the phone about it, and Pete suggested that I might lead the song, and, and it turns out I didn't, I didn't have to, which was a good thing. But I said, Pete, there's a line in the song that says, when these fingers can strum no longer, hand the old banjo to young ones stronger. And I said, Pete, I don't play the banjo. I play the guitar. Should I sing, hand the old guitar to young ones stronger? And there was about five seconds of silence, and then Pete said, why don't you learn how to play the banjo? darkest before the dawn it's this thought keeps me 
moving on if we could heed these early warnings the time is now quite early morning some say that humankind won't long endure but what makes them feel so doggone sure I know that you who hear my singing can make those freedom bells go ringing and so we keep on while we live until we have no no more to give and when these fingers can strum no longer and the old banjo to young ones stronger you know it's darkest before the dawn it's this thought keeps me moving on through all this world of joy and sorrow we still can have singing tomorrow through all this world of joy and sorrow we still can have singing tomorrow all right quite early morning and, and thanks to pete seeger for inspiring you to learn how to play that banjo yeah <laughs> nice job it, it's a fun instrument yeah Very fun. oh you know spooky if you um you're doing a lot of traveling, and you're, you're, you're carrying on this flame, keeping the flame alive of Pete and Woody and all these people. If you met somebody, like, like let's say like you were before you ever knew Pete, you met somebody who has no idea who this person was, how do you summarize Pete Seeger to them? Well, one of the first things I, I, I say is that um, although he was a musician, that Harry Belafonte summed it up. When, when Pete was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by saying that Pete should have his image carved onto Mount Rushmore mm. because he was the embodiment of the American ideal just as much as George Washington and, and Abraham Lincoln and, and the rest of them that are up there. Well said. Well put. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know where the journey's going to take you. This is volume one of your CD. You, you have plans for, for more? Well, you know, I, I, one of the ways I go through life is I... Uh, I hide, and then one day I, I, I decide to come out of my hiding, and I just run right off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen next, yeah. but I went and called it Volume 1. I imagine there's somewhere down the road there's going to be Volume 2. Oh, we hope so. And yeah. <laughs> I know whatever you, whatever you create, it's always been wonderful, and it's always uh, something to look forward to. And uh, I, I wish you the best of luck on your tour. Thank you. And um, I hope, you know, we'll, we'll see you again back here sooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get, get some, uh, let's get out the vote. Yes, yes. Do, I hope everybody gets out and votes this year because I think if, if we all vote, we all win. And um, the next step after that is, is to really think about what, what you're saying when you pull down that lever, mm -hmm. you know. And I think if people really think about what they're saying when they pull down that lever, we're, we're all going to win. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for writing that song. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that next week. Now that you, you've Excellent. got it back into me, so. Excellent. Thank uh, you. Your website spookhandy.com. Yes. And uh, 
and also, well, Facebook. I'm on Facebook, and I, I'm very active on Facebook and minimally active on Twitter. If mm -hmm. I ever figure out how that thing works, <laughs> I'll tweet you and let you know. If you find out, let me know, too, because yes. I can't figure that one out. <laughs> but Facebook is fun because, yeah. you know, you get to post videos and pictures. Yeah. And, um, you know, little stories you hear about human interest things. And it's always interesting. Well, let's play one more song from your CD as we say goodbye. Um, this is the last cut on the CD, and it's, uh, I guess... One of the songs that uh, Pete is most well-known for, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Tell us about this recording. Well, Pete said, learn the old songs the way, that, the way they were sung by different groups of people. And so I heard Pete's version of this, and it was, it's so different than the way Peter, Paul, and Mary did it that most people know. And one day we were, we were rehearsing it, and Pete said, why are you playing it that way? And I said, because that's the way you wrote it. He said, yes, but nobody knows it that way. <laughs> Well, I also have had the opportunity to, to perform with Peter Yarrow and see him do the song solo. And what he does is something that Pete did too, is you, you get the audience to sing along and sing the, the melody, and you get to sing harmonies on top of that. So here's, here's a version of the song that's kind of like a hybrid between Pete solo, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Peter Yarrow solo. And um, I pretty much sing it solo, but I sing the harmonies on it. So it's uh, you know a fun little version of this song. Where have all the flowers gone? Excellent. Well, Spook Andy, thank you again for coming by today and for fighting the traffic to get here to, to visit us. And uh, Well, you know, the traffic movies. was rough, but when I was listening to the WFDU on the way up and listening to all those songs <laughs> with uh, Jane Fallon and, and Rod McDonald and Eric Anderson, it was it was a, I was thinking, let's just stay here on the parkway uh, and keep <laughs> listening. It was a joyful experience. Oh, well, thank you so much. Spook, we'll see you again real soon. Take care. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago Where have all the flowers gone? The girls have picked them every one When will they learn when will they ever learn where have all the young girls gone long time passing where have all the young girls gone long time ago where have all the young girls gone? They've taken husbands, everyone. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young men gone? Long time passing Where have all the young men gone A long time ago Where have all the young men gone They're all in uniform When will they ever learn When will they to graveyards everyone when will they ever learn when will they ever learn and where have all the graveyards gone 
Where have all the graveyards gone? Where have all the graveyards gone? They've gone to flowers, everyone. Spoo Candy, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? The CD, Keep the Flames Alive. For more information, go to spookhandy.com. <laughs> 